Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessing, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. Uh, We're going to go back to Matthew today. If you've been with us the whole time that we've been looking at the the sort of the end times things that we're looking at, the sign of his coming again and at the end of the age, you know that that came about out of Matthew 24. And so we have chased several cross-references related to all that out of Daniel and Thessalonians and Revelation, uh, many episodes as a matter of fact. So what I thought we'd do today is just go back and resume Matthew 24, but to do basically an overview of what we've seen out of Matthew 24 just in this one episode, to where we can see what the flow of things is again, to be reminded. And I would really encourage you to uh, read these passages over and over. Take your time, read them from different translations of the Bible, different English versions or whatever language you speak. So what we see is in Matthew 24 that Jesus came out of the temple. He had been in the temple had been teaching, and the scribes and Pharisees and the hypocrites, as he described them, came to him. And in Matthew 23, Jesus just launches on them and says, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. And it was a very, very confrontational uh, time. Jesus comes out of the temple. While he was going away, his disciples come up to him, and they point out the temple buildings. And Matthew and Luke and Mark all give accounts about this and various details of the accounts. Well, uh, I think they were trying to distract Jesus, for lack of a better term, trying to sort of uh, uh, lighten the moment. And Jesus was having nothing to do with it. He says, do you see all these things? He said, there's not going to be one stone left unturned from then. Well, then they continue going, and Matthew just sort of picks up and says he was sitting on the Mount of Olives. One of the other Gospels tells us that four disciples come up to him, and they ask him privately, and they say, Jesus, tell us when these things will happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And so Jesus then begins to speak to him. And in Matthew, is two solid chapters, 24 and 25, of red letter, which means Jesus is saying it. And so remember what he said in, in uh, verses 4 through 14 of Matthew 24. He gives a panoramic overview of the balance of time. The first thing he said was, see to it that no one misleads you. Why? Because many are going to come in his name and they're going to say, I am the Christ and will mislead many. And there's interesting little nuances related to that. The next thing he said is, uh, make sure that you understand that you're going to be hearing wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you're not frightened. Okay? Make sure that you're not frightened about these things because these things must first take place. He's acknowledging they're going to take place. He said, but see to it. And I like that because at the very beginning, he says, see to it about something, okay, that no one deceives you. Then see to it uh, that you're not frightened by wars and rumors of wars. And then he tells us that nations will rise against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. There's going to be famines in various places, that there's going to be earthquakes all over the place. But he says this, these are just the beginning of birth pangs. And then he says they're going to deliver you over the tribulation. They're going to kill you. You'll be hated by all nations because of my name. And then he says at that time, at the time of this tribulation, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets are going to arise and they'll mislead many. And because of all this, people's love for one another will grow cold. But then this great verse, verse 13, but the one who endures to the end, he will save Then Jesus says, but this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. 
And uh, we'll, we'll delve in more into that verse right there at some other time, but that's sort of interesting right there. Revelation gives us insight to that. In verse 15, Jesus then said this, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. And we went to Daniel 9 and saw where Daniel had prophesied about this abomination of desolation. Here we find out that we see this and it's standing in the holy place. When we checked in Revelation and in Thessalonians, we found out about the man of lawlessness, that it's a man that will be standing in the holy of holies and declare himself to be God. And Jesus is saying, when you see this, those of you who live in Judea, you need to flee to the mountains. If you're on the housetop, don't even stop to get anything. Go. If you're in the field, don't go back to get your coat. If you're pregnant or nursing babes, woe to you because it's going to be difficult to travel. And he said, pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. Why? Because as they're trying to escape there, there is going to come, and Jesus is the one who coined a phrase in verse 21, there will be a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. That right there, folks, is powerful. A great tribulation, unlike any of the evil that we've ever seen from our the time we live right now, looking backwards, all the evil things that have occurred, this is going to be worse. It's going to be so bad that things that will happen afterwards will not be that bad. And then Jesus said this in verse 22, Unless those days had been cut short, no life would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. And so we've actually seen some timing things. Uh, what's going to occur is this. That there's going to be one more seven-year time period that we saw in Daniel chapter 9. It's actually called the 70th week of Daniel, not the tribulation period, not the tribulation time. No, the 70th week of Daniel. The great tribulation does take place within that seven-year period. The great tribulation actually begins at the midpoint, three and a half years from the time that seven-year period begins. And it begins at the signing or the affirmation of a peace covenant, the man of lawlessness with the many. And people are going to be saying, oh, there's peace all over the world. This is going to be great. This is going to be wonderful. But three and a half years into that, the man of lawlessness will declare himself to be God. He will stop the Jews from sacrificing, and he will start attacking and persecuting the Jewish people, Israel, and the church. And it's going to be so bad that even the, the elect would be deceived if these days were not cut short. What cuts the days short? The rapture of the church. The elect are taken out. And, the, and that happens at some point past the midpoint, but at least five months short of the end of that seven-year time period. And we know that from some things in Revelation, okay? So Jesus says, so because of that, if someone says the Christ is here, don't believe him because false Christ and false prophets are going to rise. They're going to do signs and wonders. They're all going to be false, if possible, to even deceive and mislead the elect. These signs will look real, but they're false signs. They're not by God. They're by the enemy. Then Jesus said this, behold, I have told you in advance. So if someone says, oh, go out into the wilderness, that's where Messiah is, don't believe him. If someone says, oh, go in the inner room, that's where Messiah is, don't believe him. Jesus says, here's how Messiah is going to be. Verse 27, for just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. In the same way that a lightning bolt flashes and explodes in the sky and everybody sees it, so is the coming of the Son of Man. And then the Lord says this, where the corpse is, there the vultures gather. 
In other words, as obvious as it is that you know when you see vultures going around that there's something dead on the ground, this will be that obvious. Now, the last verse 2, verse 29. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, in other words, when these things have been cut short, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give us light, no more, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. That is the picture in the Lord's description of him gathering together his people of the rapture of the church. It happens on that day when the church is raptured. That literally initiates and precipitates the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord begins on the day when the Lord takes out his body. Now, I wanted to share all that with you because the next verse, verse 32, says this. Now, learn the parable from the fig tree. And the balance of chapter 24 and 25, Jesus is given parables and examples to explain what he just shared in these first 31 verses right here. Uh, we'll continue on with the parables in subsequent episodes, but I'm out of time right now. So thank you so much for being with me. I'm Dale, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.